You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I'm Dave Washington, your host. After a few announcements, we'll have our first guest, Mr. John Edmond. As you may recall, we had him on last month and some very important uh, observations I made personally after the call. I said, God, I didn't even talk to John about development, community development, construction projects. John know how to do all this stuff, and I failed to even get into that part of the discussion. So Mr. John Edmond will be on shortly. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I was hoping to have a call from Mr. Wendell P. Williams, former assemblyman and president of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Las Vegas, to just give us an update on the King Week activities. So all I will say at this particular point in time is check your local listings because they have a lot of activities that will occur up to the day of the parade. So please uh, check those listings out where you can get involved. And they always have some good stuff going on as it relates to celebrating the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Birthdays this month. A dear friend and very close friend of uh, Chief Eugene Campbell, Chris Thompson, uh, one of my colleagues from the city of Las Vegas. He worked in the Marshals Department. I, if I remember correctly, Chris was a lieutenant, and he handled all the background checks of all personnel, particularly police and fire, who came on to the city's payroll, if you will. In terms of other birthdays, my daughter, Amber, her birthday is this month. So uh, happy birthday early, Amber. And then my my brother, my big brother, Leon Washington Jr., we call him Buddy. Some people call him Coffee from back in the day, but his birthday is also this month. Just want to give you guys a quick indication of what we did over the Christmas holiday. The family and several of us uh, traveled to Cape Town, South Africa, had a great time. And for those of you who don't know, it's about 10-hour difference in time frame on the clock, if you will. And it's summertime down there. So we went from winter to summer back to the winter. It was a very nice weather down there, anywhere from 75 to 85, and they do that Celsius thing. But uh, we generally knew what the temperature was. We were right off the beach in a nice, uh, what they call guest house, very, very beautiful place owned by a young black couple down there that's built several of those and laying to build some more, if you will. So uh, had a great time and happy to be back in the United States of America. And now for our first guest, Mr. John Edmund. Hey, John, how you doing? Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well, brother, doing well. And like I said, right. I, I messed around, and last time we talked, I talked about you, talked to you about uh, your embarking upon the position you have with the, the federal government. 
but I, I failed to allow you to talk about some of the things that you did as far as development within the community, because I know you built uh, and enhanced several projects. So would you please give our public, first of all, go back and tell us a little bit about you prior as we did, because I like people to know who people are when they come on, because we have a number of veterans that may or may not know you, even you, even though you have a long history in our community. So again, this uh, is Mr. Okay. John Edmond. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Well, of course, you know, I'm a native in Las Vegas, uh, and uh, I uh, I was fortunate enough to become the first African-American Baccarat dealer back in the day once they passed a decree that will allow blacks to be gainfully employed. And uh, I, uh, through a program that uh, EOB was sponsoring that had to do with trying to get uh, – Blacks into the gaming end of the hotel industry. Mm -hmm. I end up uh, uh, taking a, a liking to what was called a baccarat, and and I went to school, became a baccarat dealer. Uh, actually, was the first African American baccarat dealer. I trained an, another five or six baccarat dealers that I end up helping to get jobs on the strip, mm -hmm. and. Uh, from there, I uh, it was a, a lucrative type uh, job, especially from back in then. Right. And and by being a native of the community, and grew up here in the community when things were really flourishing, uh, the actually the place that I got the uh, the job placement from, which was called the Golden West Shopping Center. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, for people that don't know, the Golden West Shopping Center was the largest shopping center built in southern Nevada in 1964. Mm. And then they built the Boulevard Mall. So, right. uh, of course, uh, knowing the history of the development and, and the different things that was happening in the community, and that property at that time had become sort of uh, disenfranchised to a point to where most of the stores had been closed out as a result of, you know, the transition from how Las Vegas used to be mm -hmm. uh, as a community to where it is today. So I ended up uh, taking that property, which was called a Golden West Shopping Center, buying it, repositioning it, renaming it Nucleus Plaza and started doing stuff in the community with the money that I had gotten as a back of my dealer. I invested uh, probably as much as close to $20 million of my investments back into the community mm -hmm. at, at uh, the historic community. Well, one thing I recall, you know, I, I know a number of you guys, uh, Glenn Walker, Homer Miller. And yeah. One thing I noticed how you guys, when I, I say this is this is definitely an upscale dealer job, if you will, because y'all y'all wore tuxedos, if I remember, unless my memory is uh, failing uh, you, me. You're right. I mean, we <laughs> we went to work. We uh, and you're right. Uh, Homer actually, uh, well, Leonard Brown was, which we went to the dudes was the second person that approached me about me training them how to become a dealer. Uh, the and. And then uh, the next person 
was Glenn, and the next person was uh, Homer Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few, but yeah, we the game was uh, high end, high end uh, gambling game at the casinos mm-hmm. called Baccarat, mm-hmm. and yet we were going to work back in the early mid seventies in uh, tuxedos. Right, you know, and John, I I didn't realize until. Uh, actually, our last conversation where you mentioned that you had an accounting background. I, I didn't realize you had an accounting background, so I would assume that Baccarat, the way they uh, they count, et cetera, et cetera, came pretty relatively easy for you. Yeah, it did. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, that's, that was part of what, what kind of attracted me to the game was the fact that I was uh, uh, an accounting major and, and uh, it it dealt with numbers and quickness of numbers. You know, you have to you have to be able to call a hand, make the payoff, put your commission up, be ready all within eight, ten, twelve seconds, fifteen seconds. You know, in other words, it's it's a fast moving game, right? Fast pace, uh, and uh, you know, you you really have to kind of be good with numbers to really be able to pick it up right and be able to do the game well and, and deal it well and you mentioned commission so, so what is what is what does that entail the commission that's something that well, goes it, into the bank for the for the hotel or what because i don't yeah, know yeah it, <laughs> the game is it's you know baccarat and it's 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 played it dealt like player bank mm-hmm. bank player and it's sort of like with roulette where you bet the black and mm-hmm. the red, you know. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's going to hit one of those sides, black or the red. So, uh, Baccarat is very similar. You got the banker's hand and the player's hand. One of the hands are going to win unless it's a tie. Mm-hmm. If you bet on the banker's hand, though, uh, you can see, you pay a five percent commission mm-hmm. on your bet. Mm-hmm. Okay. You bet on the banker's hand. So that commission um, goes to the house. That commission goes to the house. Okay. So when you see the dealers uh, and, and as you're counting and then you see where they'd be putting up little markers, right. that those markers indicate if you sit it in section C2, let's say, you look up and you look and see how much going back and forth mm-hmm. you owe the house for betting on the bank, what your commission is. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Now, in terms of development and redevelopment of various projects within the community. You mentioned the Golden West Shopping Center, because I remember William H. Bob Bailey, Dr. William H. Bob Bailey had a lot to do with that. Then I found out, too, only after going to his services, George Sim- Simmons had something to do with the the architecture or the design and the layout of the Golden West Shopping right. Center. So you and some partners dealt with buying that project, buying that, that whole complex. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we ended up buying it from uh, the first Western Savings, which was the savings loan that had the, the mortgage on the on, on the shopping center. Mm-hmm. We ended up buying it from, from the bank. Uh, and, and you know, it, we bought it at a very reasonable price because so, the fact that it was basically all mostly boarded up. Right. You had, what, the auction there? You had Big so, H supermarket. Uh, you know, you you only had like a handful of tenants that were right. In, on, right. So, what what was your inspiration, John, to to even want to approach a project such as that, 
and and redevelop it, if you will? Uh, I think mainly my biggest inspiration was the fact that being a, a, a native from the community mm-hmm. and, and, you know, watch how everything kind of grew up as we were growing up as kids. And then when I went off to college uh, and I came home like four or five years later, which happened to be right at the end of the 70s and the early 80s, mm-hmm. and the community looked like a ghost town. I mean, it it didn't look like nothing that I could remember on this is what I grew up liking about the community. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and and so my inspiration was the fact that one, what can I do uh, to make it better for the people coming, for the young people mm-hmm. and for the community? What, what, how can I help? And that's right. how I got started, more or less, like as a means of trying to help the community mm-hmm. help itself. Right. So then, John, so there, you, you, know, you, you rolled into happened. you rolled into across the street. So how did that come about, if you will? Well, and then from there, you know, because uh, uh, let's say that uh, the nucleus, the you know, well, first of all, the original name was the Golden West Shopping Center. Mm-hmm. And then once I purchased it and we started to work and, and start developing and putting in landscaping and putting putting a new roof on the property and attracting two new tenants, mm-hmm. you know, changed the name from Golden West to Nucleus Plaza. Okay. And Nucleus was the name of the corporation. You know, it's like uh-huh. from the beginning, it's, you know, Nucleus. Right, like, right. The center of Iversay. Mm-hmm. And from there, end up uh, getting involved with the uh, property across the street. And you know, there was some disaster there that that particular property across the street, uh, when they had the little uh, riots of the 1992 Rodney King riots, that, right. that property had become somewhat. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the, abandoned, the, whatever. abandoned, everybody scattered to the wind and didn't want yeah. to have nothing to do yeah. with it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, and then as a result of, of, of Magic Johnson coming in and the bonds and so right. on, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, after, well, that happened in 92, so mm-hmm. I ended up buying Magic Johnson out and, mm-hmm. uh, 2001. Okay. Uh, because, and and I end up buying it out because although, you know, the Magic Johnson and the things that they were doing, let's say, around the country as it relates to, you know, minority community, I'll just notice that mm-hmm. that shopping center was not really having any attention put on it. You right. know, like the landscaping wasn't kept up. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff was drying, the parking lot wasn't kept up, you know, it's like it's like, uh, okay um, you know it's one thing to invest in the community but it's another thing to take pride in your investment right. in the community and right. those are the things that, that has always sparked me as it relates to you know, how do we keep our community uh, looking prosperous and nice mm-hmm. as any parts of the rest of the city of Las Vegas. Right. So, so John, as we, the whole thing that triggered me was the fact that 
to just try to make the community better and invest in projects that will, you know, absolutely bring about. Yeah. Yeah. So as we close out, John, uh, what would you say to young folks who may have some interest in, in development uh, within a, a given community, no matter where it is? Yeah, well, you know, the first thing that you want to do is if you're interested in, like, let's say, becoming your own business person, there are two mm-hmm. things. One, number one, you you should know something about it right. for, for openness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the other things that you don't want to do is that if you want to, let's say, open up a florist shop, mm-hmm. but you want to maybe hire somebody to, to work it and you got a job and you want to try to keep the job that you got already. Right. But you want to open up a business and let somebody else run it. Bad, mm. bad uh, mistake. You know? <laughs> Ain't nobody going to care nobody, for your stuff like you and count your money nobody, like you. You know, right. because they don't have your, you, you want to do it. Cause, so you you invested your money. You mm-hmm. got an idea of what you want to do. Right. But you also, you know, you got a job that you, you know, you got to be able to make sure you pay your rent. Right. So, you know, you can't necessarily just want to just jump right on into mm-hmm. to this new venture. Mm-hmm. But it's double tough to try to do both. I hear you. You know, you, you, you well, once you make that commitment. You got to go you all know, the way. You got to go all the way. You know, you, you have to be able to be committed to it. But if you commit yourself to it, I, I got to, you know, in most cases, and follow, you know, follow the footsteps or, mm-hmm. you know, be able to have people around you that, right. you know, that you listen to as far as, you mm-hmm. know, business ideas and things that work, things that don't work. Right. You'll be successful. All right, John, I appreciate that, man. You gave a lot, lot more insight. Like I say, I failed to cover that the last time. Uh, we had a discussion, but appreciate you, brother. And uh, I hope folks out there who are interested in going in some type of business to take the the encouragement and those words of wisdom for a man who has experience in the business enterprise uh, in our community and elsewhere as well. So thank you, brother John Edmund. I uh, hope you have a very prosperous 2024. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. And you do the same. All right. All right. Appreciate you. Take care. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host, and I'm excited uh, to introduce our next guest, who was a longtime resident of Las Vegas, Miss Faye Duncan Daniel, before she retired and adios out of here to Helena, Arkansas. How you doing, Faye? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you. But right now it's freezing in my little town. <laughs> so you it, say it's freezing. It is burr, burr, burr. Uh, yeah, I just gave folks a, a brief update on our trip to Cape Town, South Africa, and the fact that it's summertime down there. So everything's oh, going all right other, other than the cold, Faye? Other than the cold <laughs> things, everything is, is was wonderful. It couldn't be better. Good, good. Now, I know uh, you were in town, uh, and again, uh, Happy belated birthday. You were in town a couple of weeks ago. So, Faye, I, I know that you had uh, informed me and Marsha of a play that you had put together and actually had it produced and, and, and actually accomplished in terms of having the play done somewhere. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I, in fact, I, I, I did two plays and the 
if I could, mm-hmm. the impetus for, for, for this play was around preserving gospel music in its current form. Wow. Okay. Gospel music was 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 the 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 the, the, the music of our ancestors. It mm-hmm. is how it was our psychological weapons against the the, the issue against oppression. Right. So 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 we learned. So we sang. We created those songs. And they have gone through some some changes, as all music does. There, you know, there's different varieties. But at this stage, I thought it was important to preserve them as they are today. Okay. So and the... then attached to that is, mm-hmm. if you live in Arkansas, you live in a state that that's adjacent to the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and there's there's hundreds of rivers running through Arkansas. Right. But but most of us are not aware of them because we're, you know, at that stage in our lives, we're not serious about learning geography, so we don't value the rivers or the land that we live on. Mm. So my play was around the rivers and gospel music, and also the rivers were the highway to freedom for most Africans. Right, right. So, so, so there, there's a long history of, of black folks and and and, and rivers, and mm. that's what the play sort of captures. So, did you actually write and develop this yourself? This from your own personal ideas? Yes, sir. I did. I, I, I have to admit, I did. I, I, you know, as 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 a teacher, I wanted to combine geography and spirituality in a way that that was presentable to a an audience, no matter what that audience's makeup was, right. that it would be of interest. Very interesting. I can tell you guys, and Faye mentioned teaching, I can tell you we used to be involved with the what was called the Nubian Confense Cultural Community that started doing business as a West Side Art Gallery and Bookstore. And I remember when Faye was doing some, some writing classes for us, and she said, Dave Washington, you need to learn how to spell. I said, Faye, you know, we all have our different strengths and weaknesses. And Faye bust out and start laughing, say, yeah, you're right, Dave. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. You can't spell. <laughs> I, will all, I will always love you for that, Faye, because you put it right out there on the table. You need to learn how to spell. I, I can't. I can't let Mar. I can't let Marsha listen to this show, Faye, because she gonna say you still don't know how to spell, even with spell check. <laughs> oh my goodness! But that that, well, that is. Well, you know, I I I think the times that in our times that we could get away with that. Right. But I, but but in this technical age, I don't think that we'll be able to get away with that any longer, and that's why I always stress spelling. Right. I, you know, it. I shudder to think of what our children are going to spell like using the uh, texting. That's going to just destroy any any sense of spelling and, and, and business communications. But our children have always been residual. They'll find a way to conquer whatever to do what they need to do, Very no true. matter what shortcomings we think they have. Very true. In fact, Faye, I want to uh, delve a little bit into, if you will, uh, AI. I um, I had the president of the university, Dr. Wickfield, here on the show a couple months ago, and he said when he first arrived here, his staff was really concerned about AI uh, and cheating. He said, did cheating start with AI? <laughs> his staff said, no. He <laughs> said, well, why do, you, why do you think it's going to affect so much today? He said, look, when you guys give assignments, what you do is you pull everybody in, the, in a room together and you explain what it is you wrote. 
He said, I don't break them up from just using AI as a total crutch. There's nothing wrong with using AI, but you can't have it to do just all of your stuff for you if you can't explain it and understand it. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I have to agree because I, I think we sometimes when we cheat, we we think we're cheating and getting away with it. But I think the victim, we become the victims of our own cheating. Because right. anytime you cheat at anything, the only person you're actually cheating is yourself. True. You're not receiving the benefit that was intended from that process. Mm-hmm. So as much as, I mean, I, it's not like I was a perfect little student. I did my share, but... Mm-hmm. Right. but you know, it's a way to, it's a temporary solution. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Faye, uh, again, I want to go back to, because that's one of the most interesting points that I, I invited you as a guest. The whole play thing, again, so now you say you, you've done a second play. Yes. Well, well can, can I just go back to, to sure. the, the first play for a minute? Absolutely. So I grew up as a child. I was in rural Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I never knew anything about the rivers that surrounded me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and as I came back to this area and I began to see the richness, I, I, I just didn't think that another child should go through life without knowing the importance of rivers. Right. You know, there's not a whole lot of things in Arkansas to be proud of. Mm-hmm. But that was the one of the things that we could have been proud of right. is, is having all those rivers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was the impetus for that. And the second, my second play came out of actually Ron DeSantis in Florida mm-hmm. declaring that people trying to um, marginalize and invalidate the contributions of African-Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and, and from what I've read, they're just too deep and too significant to not be celebrated all the time. Right. So, so the second play was about the, the and not, all, not, not, not only the African-Americans that, that are historical uh, ancestors, but the folks that we have in power right now. Okay. Right now, in this country, there are some brilliant young African-Americans uh, leading a lot of the head of a lot of industries mm-hmm. and the head of, I mean, we're just, we're just coming into our own as a group of people, and I don't think we recognize that and celebrate that enough. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And I, and I do agree. There's things that we have done for and about this country because we are a great part of this country and uh, we need to recognize, and I agree, celebrate that. So what's the— what's, And build on it. Absolutely. So that second play deals in detail what? Well, it was highlighting the—well, the, 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 the second play came about, I was telling—I I did a—I worked with some children mm-hmm. at, for Black History Program last year. Okay. And, I, and so we were being different people currently in history. Mm. And one of those people was— Katanji Brown Jackson. Mm-hmm. And so the young woman I was working with was about 15 and did not know who Katanji Brown Jackson was. Mm. Now, now I, I found that that kind of stunned me. Right. But what was even more significant, David, is I was telling a professor friend of mine that I met about the event. As I was talking, she spaced out. She said, you know, I don't think I know who Katanji Brown Jackson <laughs> is. I thought, oh, my God, now I'm on the floor. Now, it gets worse. Because I'm telling another friend of mine about why I'm doing what I'm doing, and she didn't know who Katanji Brown Jackson was. So I'm saying, how in the world can you not know who the first 
Supreme Court judge in America, the first black one in right. America is. I mean, even if you're not an interested history student, that's right. something I think you would you would have known. Yeah. So my play was about those people who mm. are now in government okay. who are taking some leads, like Kamala Harris, uh-huh. uh, that we don't we don't recognize what people do. right now in the Biden administration. There are about 15 people of color that are making decisions about everything that are actually leading the government. Faye, as, so, as, so, so when I hear people say Biden ain't doing nothing for him, I'm thinking, uh-huh. have you looked around? Have you seen his staff? Right. Faye, as we as we wind down, because th- I'm going to have to get you back on because I want your your place to have success. In fact, what little I know about the arts, because, you know, we did a lot with the with the West Side Art Center, West Side Art Gallery, rather, uh, and bookstore. We need to get some grant money because I know it's, a, it's available through the arts. And maybe we could talk with Vicki Richardson because I think a place such as this can be granted and paid for to come and go on the road. And you have you have a, a rich background here in this city, and I just could see it coming here at some point. So give some quick thought to that because we, we're winding up with time. Oh, I will. We got to talk about that because I got some powerful gospel voices that you will love. Well, take care, my friend, and thanks for, for the interview, and good luck the rest of the evening. All right, Faye. Once again, Faye Duncan Daniel, longtime uh, resident of Las Vegas before she retired and moved to Helena, Arkansas, doing outstanding things. She's written two plays, and hopefully we can get them here in the city. So this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. <laughs>